Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast. It's great to have you joining us. I'm your host, Warren Pickett, and we're going to be talking about lead gen in a channel that you might not have thought about or maybe passed up. But before we jump in, just a reminder that we've rescheduled LeedsCon Las Vegas for this fall, where we'll be back at the Paris Hotel September 30th through October 2nd. So please make plans to come join us and be sure to visit LeedsCon.com for full details. We've also been hosting a few webinars and our online power hour virtual networking hour events. So we hope that you've been tuning in, listening in and joining us there as well. Be sure to visit leadscon.com, the Las Vegas website and click on media in the navigation bar for full details. Our next webinar is coming up on June 24th. We're gonna be sharing some great insights and resources around voice of customer and audience segmentation. So be sure to join us. So jumping into today's podcast, when it comes to creating content, addressing your contacts, exploring their pain points and sharing answers, there's often no better way to engage than by speaking directly with your customers and potential customers. So we're going to take a few minutes today to talk about podcasting for lead generation and share some best practices that can help you potentially reach a new audience you haven't tapped before. Now, I'll preface this by saying that whether you're looking at starting up your own podcast or doing a media buy on another property, there is a lot of competition out there and more and more each day. Think of it sort of like the next evolution of the blogs and obviously a lot of publishers out there reaching very targeted audiences. So how do you get the biggest bang for your buck? Well, joining us today, I'm pleased to have Dave Smith, founder and CEO of Incremental Media. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, Warren, nice to, nice to hear you and see you. It's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Dave is, uh, like I said, CEO and founder of Incremental. Uh, they are a leading agency specializing in utilizing print media and email to generate quality leads cost-effectively across a whole range of verticals. Previously, Dave was a CMO of Cablevision Satellite TV division, but he has also been a marketer with Columbia House, Welcome Wagon, and Doubleday's book division. Uh, Dave was also SVP of marketing for the Direct Marketing Association. So just a wealth of experience and and we're pleased to have Dave joining us today. Thanks, Mark. As we jump into podcasting, Dave, I'm I'm sure you've seen them. They're just everywhere. They're more accessible than ever. You can basically find a topic or a podcast about anything you want. Uh, And they're a great resource for reaching a B2C audience as well as B2B. Uh, but maybe you can share some insights. What differentiates podcast for lead gen from other channels? Well, you know, it's it's more of a true opt-in channel with content that is sought out than any other channel by far. And when I say opt-in, it's not like someone forgot to check a box in an email and that means they opted in. I'm talking about people who went out of their way to download the show and, and then listen to the show. Right. So the listeners are much more engaged than other channels. And they tend to identify with the hosts 
or the topics, uh, and those hosts tend to be thought leaders or influencers, you know, and it could be across a range of categories. It could be, um, you know, in the sports world, it might be Bill Simmons. In the, in the comedy world, it might be Bill Burr. In the health world, it could be Dr. Phil. Uh, and, you know, there's news and, and all sorts of categories that, that we could talk about. Um, so they, they've sort of identified with this host. The host uh, is this evangelist influencer within whatever it is that they're covering. And the audience, as a result, is highly engaged. And, and they also tend to be a highly educated audience, the podcast community. Incomes are above average. Uh, so you're, you're reaching, potentially reaching decision makers because they might be a little bit more um, you know, senior in the business world. Um, the, you have the ability to target by interest and demographics. So, uh, you could take that a little bit further. Um, and, and I mentioned some categories before, like sports and news There's there's comedy, there's personal growth, true crime is a big category, a, a broad range of, of ways to reach people. And, um, one of the things about the channel also that differentiated is it has much greater brand recall than other forms of digital media. Um, published numbers about four times more than other forms of digital media. So it's just, you know, you want to get your name and your brand out there. This is a channel that you can do that in. No, that's a great point. Um, often we don't think about the brand recognition enough when we talk about things like that. Um, we obviously know that there's a lot of competition. Like you said, you can find a topic or, or a podcast on just about any topic you want out there. Um, you've been you know, tracking these for quite a while. What are your recommendations as far as hosting your own podcast versus maybe sourcing the right audience through a podcast media buy? Uh, well, you know, it's, you mentioned there's a lot out there. I mean, this, the latest stat is over a million podcasts. You know, a year ago it was a half a million, six months ago it was 750,000. Now people say there's over a million. So there's so much out there and there's really no barrier to entry. All you really, if you're creating your own podcast, all you need to do is talk into your iPhone, you know, hit the record button and you've got potentially a content that could be a podcast. So it's not a difficult thing from a production standpoint. You know, that said, um, as far as podcasts that are really meaningful, if, you, if you're going to go the advertising route, uh, you're going to, th there's probably only about 10,000 that are really worthy in, in terms of having a large enough audience. And when I say worthy, I mean, say 5,000 downloads or more. And, and there could be, let's say, 1,000 that are really scalable if you said, hey, I want to generate leads for you know, for finance or for insurance or home services or whatever your category may be, if you want to hit a large enough audience, there's probably about a thousand shows out there that are meaningful. So the key is how do you figure out which are the ones to go on? Um, as far as starting your own versus advertising, uh, you know, for any, it's, it's, for any brand that we work with, we always, and you mentioned we're in the print space, we're also in the podcast space. Um, we recommend buying over starting your own because the reality is it's really challenging even for a publisher with money to grow an audience for a show, you know, that are in the counts that we're talking about, you know, say minimum 25,000 downloads to have enough volume in there. And uh, so it's hard enough for a publisher to do, let, her, let in, alone a brand to do it, um, you know, on their product or service, you know, from, from to build an audience from ground zero. So, um, you, you really need to be committed if you're going to do it on your own to create engaging content for the long haul, placing ads on other shows. You can, with, you know, you got the right show, the right content, the right audience. You can do that almost immediately, you know, within a matter of weeks, uh, you can be up and running. So we would lean towards not developing your own show. And, uh, and unless there's some huge audience for whatever content you have, um, going after, uh, uh, 
something that was, you know, um, already exists out there and you could advertise on. Yeah, like you said, you know, low cost uh, barrier to get into podcasting, but obviously you have to grow the audience. You have to be able to do that. You know, I keep thinking that it's almost somewhat analogous to brands cozying up to social influencers, right? You're buying a personality to some extent. You're buying followers, people who tune into a podcast consistently. And and obviously they, they're doing something right if they've developed an audience that people will want to tune back into. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a perfect analogy on your end it, it, you're, by uh, equating them to the social influencer, yeah. uh, you know, and then within whatever category of interest you're trying to find somebody for. So um, there's, as there's so many shows out there, you're most likely going to find an interest. Uh, although we'll talk a little more later uh, um, about uh, you, you don't necessarily have to put the interest, you know, find a podcast about your interest to advertise on. You really want to find the type of person sure. that you want to advertise to. Yep. Yep. Um, so like you said, with your customers, with your clients, you, you often tell them to go out and, and advertise to, to buy into a pre-existing podcast. What are your, your guidelines? You have? What do you look as far as pain points or gotchas to be aware of when, you know, making that media buy into a podcast? Well, you know, for starters, it's incredibly labor intensive. Right? You know, the first thing you need to do is conduct some kind of a competitive analysis to see Who's advertising in the space? Where, what shows are they advertising on? What what are the renewal rates of those shows look like? Uh, you know, for that show and for that host, what's the host performance like when they when they do an ad? Uh, you know, you want to make sure you're finding someone that's very conversational and really makes that connection. Um, then then you need to set a budget because some shows, like let's say Joe Rogan, has a million and a half downloads. It's a huge show, and you're not going to be able to afford that show out of the gate if you don't have a you know a huge budget and you know to run only one time on one show. So you got to kind of figure out how much money you're willing to spend, and then how do you spread that around? Um, you typically you need to test some smaller shows. Let's say anywhere in the you know twenty-five to fifty thousand downloads on the low end to maybe on the high end two hundred thousand downloads, because you'll burn through your budget too quickly. And then from those shows, you can learn, hey, this is what worked in terms of my messaging or in terms of the type of audience. Etc. Um, once you you know once you set that budget and you select your shows, you got to first clear clear the media. Now remember that some hosts may not uh, may not want to get behind your product, so they they uh, they might not approve your show for their audience because like hey I, I can't talk about that. That's not something I need to do. Right. And then once you are approved, you got to negotiate rates. Um, like any other media channel uh, and podcasts, a lot of shows tend to sell out. So sometimes it's tough to get rates as low as you want. Other times there's, there's deals to be had. Um, and then once you, you're approved for your shows, you got to draft your copy and, uh, and you want to really do it as bullet points. You don't want to give somebody a script to read if you can somehow avoid that because it, it's not radio. It's a very different channel. Uh, you know, it's not like, Oh, you got 60 seconds or 30 seconds and I'm done and I'm timing it out. There's no time limit on a podcast. They can go as long as they want. So you should aim to get on calls with the producers and with the host to kind of get them to understand the product or service. If there is something you could actually send them to try, um, that's even great because then they've had personal experience with the product or service and they can be very conversational. Um, as far as like the pain points, one of the things is just how manual it is. It's just a very tedious process to do all the things I just explained. There's a lot of handholding, you know, every step of the way. Um, it, and it also requires a lot of patience. You need to have, uh, you need to test a fair number of shows to find the right you know, winners. We've had some shows 
that have been off the charts with performance from an R, from a ROAS standpoint. We've had some shows that have produced almost nothing. Right. So you got to sort of be willing to say, let me test the, spread it around with like a half a dozen shows, maybe run each show, say two times, you know, as a, as a base frequency to get some frequency, but not necessarily overdo it. You know, podcast publishers will tell you, oh, you got to run six times and, you know, you don't have to fall for that, but just, but you don't want to run just once either. So try and get like two or three uh, rounds and then spread it across a few shows because you can figure out what's going to win. Because when you find those winners, they do become scalable and then you could find other categories within. Um, and you don't necessarily want to say like, oh, I'm a financial services uh, offer. I want to generate leads. I have to be on a financial podcast. You know, yeah, you could try some of that, but the competitive analysis might say, hey, financial service officers work really great on on uh, true crime podcast or, or on news podcast or something else. So you really you don't necessarily be having to tie the category specifically to that audience and have a little bit of flexibility the first time out. Yeah. So th those would be the pain points. And to your point about spreading it around, you know, kind of testing the field a little bit with your, your product or service offering, you know, thinking about sort of a call to action, is that pretty granular? Do you really have to customize that for each podcast that you're on? Or are there, you know, steps that you should take to always think about when you're, you know, trying to work in a call to action? Um, you know, you, you, for starters, you want to have a promo code. Um, that's, and usually the way it works is the promo code is the name of the show. So, or the name or the host or the, and, and everybody that's on that show, no matter who you are, uses that promo code, the same promo code to advertise. So there's a certain familiarity. Right. So that, that, that helps as a starting point um, to make it, uh, um, you know, consistent for the listener and hopefully they'll remember it and actually use the promo code. And if you tie an offer to that code, you know, a certain number of people are going to use it. But in this day and age with things like Honey, Honey's going to go out, you know, apps like that or other, other coupon apps, they may find a better offer. So you got to be careful and you'll lose some trackability. So another really crucial thing from a CTA standpoint is to, uh, and, and from tracking your offer, is to try and use a pixel tracking technology. There's a couple mm. of companies out there that we partner with. Uh, one of them is called PodSites, another is called Barometric, um, and which is a, a part of Claritas. Uh, what basically happens is you pixel the show when it's being downloaded, and then you pixel, you put a pixel on your site. And then you can make the connection. Someone downloaded the show and listened. Somebody came to my site and filled out a lead form. Or if it's somehow a direct sale, uh, you know, went all the way through the cart and, and, and placed an order. Um, and in that scenario, you know, you get a, you might uh, pick up, you know, uh, uh, double the number of people that you would you thought you would have had just by using the promo code because you lose trackability. Some people might forget and might just Google the name of the product or the service. And um, so we really encourage people to use these these pixel tracking services, they'll have like a really low CPM that you have to pay on a per thousand basis, you know, and from there, uh, um, you know, we, it's the kind of thing that if you're working with an agency, make sure they're not marking it up. We just kind of build that at cost. And, and, uh, and it's especially in the beginning critical so that you can track. Eventually you might say, all right, I've developed a multiplier for everybody that puts a podcast, a, a promo code in, I get, you know, one additional order so I can multiply my number times two. And, and right. that's where I'm, I'm getting a sense of what my true cost per lead is. Um, so th those are the things that are, we, we suggest. And from a call to action in terms of like where it shows up, it's usually the end of the show. You know, you want, you want that host to talk off of the, the, the uh, bullet points that you give them to speak from and, and maybe inject some of their personal experience if they have any uh, with the product and then uh, uh, go from there. So. 
it kind of leads into the question. You talk about, you know, when you have a product or service, getting it to the host as much as possible, giving them firsthand experience with it. But how do you remain authentic as a brand in uh, a podcast? How do you communicate those key details without it feeling like a, a pitch every time? You know, you you want the copy to be very conversational and, and you got to balance with, as I mentioned before, like you don't want to like write a verbatim script that they read. Sure. Um, you want it to be this bullet points of things you want to make sure they hit. And typically what's going to happen is, you know, you'll give them, you're buying a 60 second spot, right? And, and you're buying either what's called a pre-roll at the beginning of the show or a mid-roll in the middle of the show. And the mid-roll will have several points throughout the show. Most direct response advertisers lean towards the, the uh, going with the mid-roll because the people are in the show, they're engaged and they're listening. And uh, there are stats that uh, 85 to 90% of the people go all the way through to the end of the show and they're not going to put an ad. I mean, they'll have, they'll have, some will have what's called a post-roll. And usually that's an add-on freebie. But people are going to make it through those ads uh, by and large. So you're buying the 60 second spot, but if you give them the bullets, we typically give them about 90 seconds worth of bullets. You know, we get on the phone with at least the producer and sometimes the host, we make like, hey, these are all important points to try and hope they'll get through them all. And then we leave, a, whether, whether it's at the beginning, in the middle, or towards the end, wherever it makes sense, we're leaving sort of an open direction to say, talk about your experience, the host, uh, you know, whenever possible, if there is a physical product and, and it's not, you know, a fortune and you can physically send it to the, to the uh, host to try, always do that. So they're speaking from personal experience. Yeah. Um, if it's a service and it's a high ticket item, you may not be able to, but, but you know, then if you have like a, a trust pilot rating, uh, you know, and it's really good included or a really high better business bureau rating or something that gives credibility, uh, something that the host could mention that's going to say, hey, the host said that they're good because they have a, you know, 4.8 trust pilot rating. Yeah. Um, and, and then outside of that 90 seconds, you know, if you give them those bullet points and then you give them that freedom to talk, Sometimes we get three to four minutes out of, and we pay for a 60 second spot. It really depends on the host and how connected they are um, with that product or service. Uh, so they're not really set to a time. They can kind of do whatever they want to do. And then Dave, with your experience, you know, have you found uh, certain markets, certain verticals that, you know, tend to work better through a podcasting channel? Um, yeah, there's, uh, I don't know about better, but I mean, just to give you a sense of, of uh, and we did a little bit of a dive prior to this, just to give you some sense, like the financial services and fintech companies, companies like Capital One and Betterment and Upstart and Fidelity. I mean, there's, there's loads of them, but these are guys in the finance space and the insurance space, um, Geico and Progressive and State Farm, Policy Genius, all do thousands of podcasts and spend, you know, some of these guys literally spend in excess of $10 million annually in the channel. So there's really upside potential. And the home services side, you have folks like Home, uh, home Advisor, Simply Safe is a great example. They're one of the 10 biggest podcast advertisers. So in, in the home uh, alarms space, if you will, home security. Right. Um, Casper Mattress, which I don't know if you call them home service. I mean, that's maybe more of a direct sale than a lead gen but they literally launched their brand on podcasts. It was a huge part of what they did. Um, even in, in like uh, um, leads for, for someone like ZipRecruiter, they, they're one of the, they were the number one uh, advertiser. I'm sure people listening have heard their ads before. Uh, and I'm sure it slowed down a little bit in this environment, but I'm sure it'll come back. Um, you know, things like Rocket Mortgage and other big lead gen. So it's really a very broad array of, of lead gen companies. Um, you know, the one thing that's a little challenging, although there are some choices, if you're marketing for like a senior related product, 
and you're doing lead gen for like a walk-in hot tub, that might be a challenge because there's, there's limited scalability. But there are shows out there, you know, that you could do that on. Uh, just not as much. It does tend to skew younger as a channel. You know, sweet spots are probably, you know, 25 to 45. Um, but from a business standpoint, plenty of those decision makers are, you know, could be in that, in that age range. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Dave, we'll, we'll cap it off with one last question. But, you know, just for somebody who's new to podcasting as a lead gen channel, you have a top tip or takeaway that you'd recommend to them? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple and I'll do it quickly. Uh, one, first, I'd say use those measurement companies that I mentioned. They offer a really valuable service uh, as far as data goes, and you can actually capture the order IDs when people go through a shopping cart. So you could look and match them back to your own file and say it, it could take a campaign that you think didn't, maybe didn't do so well just by using promo codes and, and make it look amazing. And I mentioned things like Honey and other attribution you know, programs. So people will find and look for another code and they'll substitute. Um, another thing is... Uh, it's, it's tough to navigate. So, uh, you know, explore and look for an agency. It's a, I mentioned it's a time-consuming process. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, you, want, you need to analyze the market and select the right shows. You got to get samples of the hosts. You got you to find, you know, develop those copy points. And, uh, I, have, I have some clients that have come and said, you know, I want to use this tagline. And I'm saying that doesn't feel natural. That's not the way this guy would talk. Let's, let's take the message from the tagline. You know, you got to get on the phone with the hosts and the producers to discuss the messaging uh, and obviously measure the results like you would with any campaign. So it's very involved. And I'd say the last thing I'd say, and I mentioned this earlier, would be be patient to find the right shows because some shows are going to do unbelievably well and other shows are not going to work at all. And in the beginning, you know, if you, if you cast a wide enough net to get, if you can get five or six shows, you're going to find you know, hopefully like two or three or at least one that work really well that says, all right, there's life here. You know, I can, I can go now find shows that are like those two or three that worked and, and, you know, gradually scale, start with the small shows and then grow it to the larger ones. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, definitely cast your net as far as you can uh, and, and try and find those shows, you know, don't give up on them. Uh, Dave, thanks as always for joining us. It's, it's great to hear your insights and obviously some good resources that you were able to share there. So thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure and uh, uh, good luck to everybody in this crazy world. And uh, hopefully we'll all be breaking new records on the lead gen world. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks to everybody today for tuning in. Uh, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to future podcasts as we talk all things lead gen today and tomorrow. Stay safe, everyone, and be well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.